1: Overload podcast. Hell yeah, brother. Overload, brother. Beats by at SmokeM2D6.
0: Here we go. We're live. We actually worked. The special live episode of Seattle Overload with 13 viewers so far. Very exciting. And also exciting news. The Seahawks lost a preseason game. No, exciting news. They have a starting quarterback, or (laughs) do they? We'll kind of dive into that tonight, and uh, yep, yeah, 5.30 a.m., lovely stuff. I don't know. Did did Gino... D- the problem is, I think, optics-wise, Gino didn't necessarily win the competition, like his it, his drive to open the game. He didn't throw it away, but also it wasn't as spectacular as you'd like, and really what happened tonight was Duloc kind of lost it completely like i i said before you know for him to actually go and win the, the competition here uh, he really needs to outplay gino in this game because it was kind of already decided with the covid stuff missing all of that deal and uh you know then his costly sack fumble however you know i don't know where, where are you guys um
2: well i'm glad that Pete carroll didn't waste our time i'm glad he just came out tonight and said it because you know, we all it yeah we we all knew where this was heading. i mean even before this game honestly i think we all knew where this was heading but certainly after tonight's game drew drew lock did not do
1: himself any favors tonight certainly. griff how did you feel um i think it could have it, i think it was i think there was a possibility for lock to keep himself alive with this game Like he could I mean, let's say Gino throws an interception on his one drive that he was given and say Locke just lights it up the whole time. Then like what do you do at that point, right? Then it's then the the next two weeks in practice matter. Then you probably give Locke more reps with the ones and see how he does in practice, then give Gino the reps with the ones and then see how they do and 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 take it from there. But um I, I I think that Gino earned it though. Um I think they really value what they saw in the Steelers game in the Bears game. Um, And, you know, they, they, they clearly knew what they feel like they need to know with him by virtue of only giving him, you know, one, one drive this game. And that's commentary right there. Um, But they were clearly wanting to leave the door open either out of principle or genuinely believing that Locke could take them farther this year with Gina. Now that still could happen. You know, we don't know what happens in the, as as the season plays out, you know, does Gino get benched? Does Locke get thrown in there? I mean, that's totally possible. Um, but I, I still think Gino earned it. I don't think it was he won by default. Um, he could have lost it, but I think that he did what he needed to do. Um, so and, and we'll we'll dive into that. Some of those plays that we think pushed him over the edge. But um, yeah, it was it was it's kind of a combination of the two, you know. I mean, they are it's like that um it's like that uh analogy to or a joke: two lawyers in the forest, and then they run into a bear, and then, and you cannot run a grizzly bear. That's not what you do if that happens. And then one lawyer takes I tennis, could. maybe, but then one lawyer takes uh, out a pair of tennis shoes from his suitcase, and the other lawyer looks at him and goes, "You're crazy. You cannot run a bear." He's like, I'm not, "I don't have to run the bear. I just have to outrun you." Gino outran Drew from the bear, but at the same time, I think he was running far enough anyway to get to safety where Pete can say, okay, you're with the offense. What you do, the offense can use and can be functional, assuming X, Y, and Z. Um, and I don't think it's, and we'll, again, we'll get into it. I don't think it's just the safer pick. I think he's the better quarterback. I don't, I don't think it's just like Pete only sees the game in terms of turnovers and moon balls. I think there's a whole lot more going on there. Um, mm.
0: but yeah, yeah. Pete's, Pete's Yeah, I think press fun. Conference. Oh, I was just Sorry. gonna say,
2: I think fundamentally and IQ wise, like you know, I I think I agree with you, Griff, on on that. That Gino's just far ahead of, of Drew right now. You see it. I mean, you know, staring down cornerbacks, throwing you know, throwing directly in their in their direction. Like that's just you know, you can't have that right now. And plus, you know, with Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's definitely not gonna have any of
1: that. Right, and, and actually, but we. No, go ahead, Maddie.
0: Well, just Pete's press conference as well. And and also for, for the comment, I did see it saying I interrupt people. That's because it's a transatlantic podcast and there's a delay. And I'm sorry that I was so rude. Uh, but Pete's press conference with with Gino Smith and. Rudy Apology
1: Smith. accepted. As Apology is not
2: accepted as, as the person that was rudely interrupted.
1: <laughs> so we have right. we have the American delegation. Even mm-hmm. though Thai has American citizenship, he's currently Canadian mm-hmm. resident. The American delegation has accepted the apology. Canada is still uh, up in the air. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um it's a nice way of putting it, yeah.
0: But Pete's press conference with Drew Locke, okay. Uh he 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 clearly is still a fan of the potential that Locke has. And we we've said on this podcast how Locke probably has the you know the highest ceiling than Gino. And I think that's why. You know, I I can I can empathise with fans who are disappointed that Locke hasn't won the job because, like, we kind of know what Gino is, although we can kind of get into that as well. I'm not necessarily sure we do. I think his potential may be certainly higher than what we thought it was. You know, watching the disastrous Jets days, anyway. um, But in Pete's press conference, he also says that you know Gino gives us the chance to be playing great football right off the bat, and that's you know. It's exactly what you're saying, Griffin. It's what we've seen. Uh, Ty, when, you, when you're you saying that he looks like the more polished dude, like he, he does like, and he, and Pete mentioned how he knows their stuff as well. And he understands the offense basically. And, and, and you can see that. And I think also it's important to note that, you know, the preseason, the, the play calling, the game planning, it is not, uh, well, it's not game planning to win. It's game planning for evaluative purposes, and particularly on offense, it's very watered down and kind of messy. And <laughs> like even in Gino's sack, right? Like, I don't necessarily think you call that in a in a real game. I like, would,
1: I mean, I hated the play call. That, that yeah, let's get mean, into that. Yeah, th- oh. that, that doesn't mean we can't, you know, critique Gino for what there's to critique. Now, okay, before we get into it, I, I wonder if they no, it's that's getting we're jumping the gun a little bit. Um I think. To an extent, Dallas probably in preseason has shown a little bit of a propensity to show cover three and then play Tampa two, like roll into Tampa two post-snap. He was calling plays like he was literally setting each quarterback up for failure a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think he wanted to see how each one reacted to it. And Gino passed the test, passed that test, even on that sack in the sense of, okay, pre snap he read what the defense wants him to read there's really not a whole lot you can do about that but then post snap he sees what the defense is doing to him and it's a half field read he doesn't have something to progress to on that one so really the play's dead immediately unless he thinks he can throw a fade shot and i don't think that was possible there we'll, we'll know I think when we he, watch the tape but
0: yeah i think he considered it we we don't we'll never know until we get the all 22 because we can't right. see the the off the uh off the field off the film off the screen safety But um, I think he considered it, but with it being a short drop, like a what do you call that? Like a two and a hitch, or like a a one and a hitch? It was like um, a
1: one. It was like a one plus a shuffle, a little bit, just to get a yeah. I Um, mean, so it's a three step concept right there.
0: It's it's quick game and the angle and the the kind of body throwing position to then slot that into the honey hole, especially if the half safety's crept over the top, as we will expect to see on the tape. It's not really there. Now, do and, I like the way he kind of stared it down and didn't get rid of the football? No. But then I also think he thought he could slide behind cross. And on that occasion, he couldn't. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is, he didn't throw it. He could have thrown it slightly earlier, but he, he, that would have had to have been bang, bang, like straight out. And then the fact he didn't throw it, I mean, good, because that would have been a pick six. And then, yeah, so, long so ter- contrast.
1: In, in terms of like opportunity lost, It's it's – it would you're losing more if you took that sack on second and 10 than if you took that sack on second and 20 because second and 20 are already horrific circumstances. That play would only set up a third and 15. Mm. And, um, and, and now, also that doesn't Griff, mean we can't view it in that moment, but you know, I mean, yeah, well, in, and
0: then he got them back into field goal range and Myers hit his 53 yard.
1: True, that's, you true, know, if that's he'd, true. If he
0: knocked them out of field goal range entirely and hadn't got it back, then you're like. Mm, that's that's poor
1: in all likelihood we're still probably talking about a field goal here but so he we we, i was making a big deal about how aside from the where he tripped on homer he hadn't taken an early down sack yet through four quarters and now this one drive so that's his first you know bunny ears real early down sack he's taken
0: and second and 20 is not not it's as neutral a, as an early a, down. Like the defense is playing, yeah. especially in coming out in shotgun, like you're playing pass, basically. All right. Now,
1: as much as we'll get into how we kind of like how you know, whatever word you want to use, functionable, functional, serviceable, maybe good even, he has been in drop back scenarios, at least in preseason. If that continues into the regular season, great. But if he's taking those sacks on first and ten or second and four. Um, then, like, that's something you got to, like, confront because you can't the, – the gun offense needs to be – you can't – I mean, w- we know exactly how many sacks is uh, would be permissible and what wouldn't. We have Jared Goff's four years with the Rams because they're running the same structure of an offense now. We have his sack rates to use as a benchmark. Um, Geno Smith's sack rate, early down gun – and granted, only three and a half games last year was lower than two of Gino, uh two of Jared Goff's Rams um years in gun early down. So that sack great. He was actually he was getting rid of the ball early early down gun. Now, third down is a different beast, you know, with his propensity. I mean, he's athletic, not as athletic as Drew lock but Gino's um has mobility, right? If the play isn't there, if there's no play to be made then extend sure if, if you're outside of field goal range see if you can make something happen but if you're in field goal range and it's third down and there's not something there then get rid of the ball but like on second and 10 you can still stay alive and convert so don't take a sack and make it third and 15 make it third and 10 and see if you can get something going as lo and behold he had an awesome third down conversion to drew to tyler lockett he can do something in third and 11 he had probably the single best play of any Seahawk offense or defense last week against the bears on third and 15 to, or was it third and 15? What was it third and five actually? No, no it's third and five, but it was to Fred Swain 20 yards downfield and he dropped it. But that's to me, the best play of not just the quarterbacks, but of any of them this, uh, this preseason. So like we, the, the sacks of what I'm saying to get to the point is that that's something we have to really watch for, um, so, Griff,
2: we saw a lot of dig routes in this game, a lot of successful dig routes in this game
1: from yeah, from Drew Locke, too. Mm-hmm.
2: Very, very interesting. Derek Young actually had a pretty decent day, um, and all kind of wonder if he's surpassed Freddie Swain. I think Penny Hart
0: has, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm not so sure. I, my take on the receiver position is that it will just be veterans. But yeah. I realistically, you know, if you're talking wide receiver five and you've got, say, for instance, because Penny Hart had a good game today. So say you've got Penny Hart, Metcalf, Lockett, Eskridge, right? Because you're not cutting a, a third-round pick from 2021, no matter how rusty he may be. Um, then that fifth guy on the roster you really should be valuing special teams over that, but also stylistically, what receivers am I talking about there? Well, I'm talking about smaller dudes. Like I'm talking about like kind of nippy slots other than Metcalf. So it would therefore make sense to carry Young and his bigger frame and, you know, kind of like a a Metcalf light, you know, than it would uh, Swain. But then, you know, Young is raw he's probably more likely to get on the practice squad um, but uh, I'd have to go back and watch special teams tape because I think that is the ultimate decider here yeah um, yeah, I don't know where you guys are at with that.
2: Yeah I'm also interested to see what they do on the waiver wire um, because I'm not like I'm not entirely sold on Marquis Goodwin making the team yet. I'm mm-hmm. um, not entirely but, sold on on Penny Hart yet. I'm not entirely sold on Freddie Swain. I'm not entirely yeah. sold on Drake Young. So, like, we don't we I don't know about like.
0: Johnson, yeah, yeah. I don't think so, Kate Johnson will make it. So but.
1: They might tie it to your point. They might have to cut Goodwin just for special teams sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's so intru- it's so it's hard to because it would be easier well i think they go six receivers but i wouldn't be shocked if just for week one they go seven and go light at running back and then after week one switch that around because walker still may not be ready
0: they have a history of doing that as well yeah
1: they, yeah right they always do like week ones it's just they're just trying to game who they can sneak on the practice squad and who not they want the the, the dust to settle around the league before they make their final moves so that other teams aren't primed to snipe a guy you know something like that um like derek young is just <laughs> won't catch the ball but everything up until the catch point he's looking the part so with the guy with his traits and given that like what was he a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick seventh seventh round pick i mean i think you just take any positive there and hope that he's doing well on special teams
0: some um, some cope with him as well is that you know he's coming from a an offense which only only was like more conventional in this in the sense it wasn't like a wing teak style. I think it was only more conventional like in his last year. So his exposure is going to be down in that sense. But he's also coming from a small conference, and so he's probably being covered tighter as a kind of copy take. But I kind of I want to get back to the quarterback thing because that is kind of the major news, and th- that locket uh, hit from from Gino if we just recapped or finished recapping Gino's only drive of the game, that that was uh kind of a glimpse to the future, I think, of like, oh, this is you know what uh Gino can do with with Lockett and Metcalf and receivers who can catch the ball. Um, and that was a full field read, right? Right into the honey hole. Uh, he he opened backside, went frontside. pass protection was great. And it was you know, a seven step
1: concept.
0: Got it done on third and eleven, like you said and yeah seven step and so you know his three incompletions were all drops and and you know what griff like we said on the pod like last time what happens when his bootleg is curtailed and they blitzed into the teeth of a bootleg and he threw it up. i, I yeah. think he's listening to our podcast because he threw it off his like up all up upper body stuff to young and yeah it was a tough catch for young like to call it a drop, drop is, you know, there was tight coverage, but he, he threw it and it was nasty as well because Lockett had run an out route and then uh, uh, Young was coming across the field. So it's quite a tight window, to, it was ballsy to do that. And he, and he yeah, it, so yeah,
1: I, uh, I actually, my heart skipped a beat when I saw it. I thought, oh no, is this the first, is this potentially the first pick or really truly bad throw into traffic? But sure enough, it was, it was a tight throw, but he did it. And especially, yeah, like historically, that's where you see the most variance with him is when he's throwing the ball on the run. And we don't have a lot of, we don't have a huge sample size, but he has the the throw to on the scramble to Noah Fan in the Steelers game, which was on the money, perfect. And then this one, which was right where it needed to be. So, okay, that's good. Some consistency. Now, it makes those two things still makes it super perplexing that he didn't throw that cross, that crosser to, um, to, to Derek Young when he was on the boot, you know, uh, against the bears, that was really the main thing we dinged him for. Right. When he, when he ended up just pulling it down and running out of bounds. Um. Mm. So, but anyway, yeah, uh, that's good to see because the offense is going to do about 50 of those you know what I mean? So, like, that's good that he is making those. Because some of them are tough. Some of them are not easy. I mean, people joke about Kirk Cousins like he kind of is like a a feeble, weak little boy out there. But some of his best throws that he makes are when he's got a boot contained barreling right down on him. And then he throws it over a linebacker as his head turned. He did not it to the Seahawks pay, but- even. Yeah. Yeah, but he has one of them against the Seahawks. Granted yep. he has one he threw an INT to an interception to KJ, but it's like you have to be able to make those throws if this offense is going to be good. Um at least that's part of it. That's a piece. That's a box you have to check. So Gino so far is I mean, again, small sample size, but that's a good throw. So Yeah.
0: To tie Drew mm-hmm. Lock. Um mm-hmm. the- what uh you know is there anything that can be salvaged here uh was it all on him
2: well i don't uh, i don't know what was on him what was not i mean i think the one interception that he threw and i think we all know what which one i'm talking about here i think we know what happened there um but yeah i mean you know we saw you know kind of the the everything that makes up drew lock and everything we had heard and everything we had seen from his time in Denver. There's you know a lot of upside there uh with the arm the the throw to penny Hart, that was nice you know the the digs to to Dariq young those were nice but you know but then there's also like you know outside of the two balls that actually got intercepted he threw uh, at least a couple other interceptable passes in this game i felt and so yeah uh, there's just there's just and, too and,
0: too and much risk with that, on that point, Ty, like he threw interceptable passes, uh, against the Steelers as well. There was, yeah, two, and you know, it is kind of like that's who he is. I don't think you can change, the, like, he like with all the talk of that, it would be nice if you could, and all the potential, and the fact, you know, it didn't quite pan out the way they'd planned for him but I don't actually, like, I think he is who he is at this point. And, mm. you know, the first pick, uh, I'd be interested in your guys' view. I, I agree that Eskridge should have worked back to the football. I I think, you know, good read. Like, it's against man, it's a hitch or versus off man, basically. But then to to throw it late, that, you know, it's the NFL. Like, you can't throw that late. Um, he that also... was how the defender made the play.
1: I don't think he should have thrown on the inside hip either, considering where the right. he should have been outside hip and earlier. So even if I wonder when I when I thought it was Eskridge's fault, I wonder if there was like a landmark miscommunication where he actually thought the receiver is going to be in a different spot. Not that he thought Eskridge would come back to the ball because that doesn't always happen for those arrests. That's why I need to see see it again because I didn't even get a good angle on broadcast either. Um, but yeah, it was, we got a absolute microcosm of Drew Locke's entire football essence in one game, yeah. which I didn't think, I mean, to this point, and I, I was disappointed that the bad plays were that bad because I mean, he, it seemed like he was being a little bit more careful, a little bit more clean, like with everything that we had up until this point, like you know, from practice, just kind of generally what's been talking about the Steelers game, even the mock game, which is kind of doesn't really count. But I mean, what well, does because it's still practice. But um, yeah, I didn't think it would be that bad. Uh, obviously, the positives are like, man, he can his his upper body can be totally disconnected from what his lower body is doing. And he can rifle a perfect throw in there when you're not expecting like that's awesome. He actually wasn't even well. He was a little inaccurate on one of the deep ball throws. Maybe well, inaccurate on the the, the second interception or the first interception. But and the third. um Yeah, on the well, in the third. And um, the
0: young, the young uh, DPI. I thought he actually overthrew the tag. Might have overthrown it. Yeah. yeah, I'll yeah.
1: I'll give him I'll 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 cut him some slack on that one just because we can't say for sure if he hadn't mm-hmm. fallen down. Um if you're going to miss though to Derek young miss far because he's super fast right so uh but like one of my biggest criticisms of Locke has been his accuracy variance for as strong as an army has he can make a perfect throw and then he can make a horrible throw Mm -hmm. accuracy wise and i think for the most part with because he was attempting so many deep throws i think for the most part he actually was accurate so i'm not going to ding him there too much but yeah, like you you see the positives with them, but then you also see the negatives and the negatives aren't just, the interceptions aren't just bad because, oh, you turn the ball over. It's how you get from A to Z, Z being the interception and everything that happened in between there. Th- those are d- demonstrative of not knowing what the defense is doing, not having a process, kind of freaking out. And then those moments aren't just snapshots in time. They're indicative of other things that he probably isn't doing well that we won't really know until we can watch the tape but like in the Steelers game Drew played fine he played fine but he missed he he missed some stuff downfield reads wise that Gino didn't um and like this is kind of that that thread continuing to be a thread it, it's it's still playing out into this game and in, in, in spectacularly bad fashion so I, I didn't think I thought he was a little bit more on top of it um when it comes to that stuff, he was more accurate, like I said, than I thought maybe he would be. I thought he would show more variance there, but I don't know, but it's still not over for him. Like Pete said, Gino's the starter right now, but we all, I mean, if, you know, all ifs and and buts, but if Gino plays really bad, we're going to see Drew Locke, you know? So it's still not completely over for him, but to this point, you know, it hasn't been great.
0: Yeah. Pete, Pete in the press conference made a real point of that. Yeah saying you know drew like we might need him basically and honestly his announcement of gino being the starter like i don't know i'd have to go back on watch when he announced russell being the starter but i don't think there's quite the same level of excitement and really you know like as i said like drew's upside like that would be the more exciting you know thing if, if that had happened because you know the the potential you'd think would be there uh I I don't know it's unfortunate I feel bad for Locke the the real thing for me is you know that Pittsburgh the, the sack fumble the pre-snap mistake the post-snap mistake and then to come back in this game and throw one of the worst inceptions I've seen where it's just yeah. like this ain't how a quarterback plays like you can't you, I don't know what I, I I just don't know but I I think you know he he just misjudged the angles Uh, maybe thought you know Penny Hart's his dude. He can go and make this play, but like he threw it right into a cover two corner. It was pretty obvious to that side. It was cover two, and it was a stick con combination where the primary read, the three receiver, the innermost receiver running the stick route is open. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's. it's I mean, it's it's a total breakdown of you know whatever he's his entire process. So um yeah
2: man this Mariners game is crazy right now (laughs) is this still
1: bottom of the eighth
2: dude mitch hanniger just made this insane slide he was like beat out by a mile trying to stretch out a double and he made an insane slide like mixing up his hands and i don't think he got tagged (laughs) so they got a leadoff runner at second here in the bottom of the ninth anyway Uh all right this is a seahawks okay. podcast this is a seahawks yes, yes, podcast let's, let's get refocused here all right so i think we're opening up to uh to questions right so we got a few questions in the chat uh camden wants us to uh go deep on the uh offensive line
0: what is that emoji
2: that is, is that drool? Uh, yeah that's uh that's suggestive mm. camden
1: First of all, what's up, Camden? She so she's the, the number one fullback enthusiast on the mm. planet. And it's a cruel joke that Nick has would move to linebacker. Pete Carroll did that specifically to spike Camden. Just had to throw that out there. Um now questioned how the O-line did. Uh man, they're uh, they're really good. Um they uh they they did not play really disappointing. We didn't even get to see them for like one snap against Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, um, who Dorrance Armstrong has a heartbeat. You know, I, I think he's still on their team. Uh, <laughs> but like that would have been great. Like, you know what I mean? Especially the follow up going up against Robert Quinn. Um, but yeah, so they just dominated. Now it was another. Sam Williams key... had a good game. Sam, Sam Williams, true. True. he's had a good preseason too so I think that was a decent enough to yeah but like that's true um but the the first half though when most of the ones were in uh they're just playing really well they're playing up to their talent level the interiors rock solid like nothing nothing there wasn't a really bad loss when there was when there was heat off the edge uh the quarterbacks are doing a pretty good job of stepping up in the pocket and giving the tackle a chance then the tackles were running it off you know with as best as they could given like how maybe the rush started you know we have to go back and really watch it that's when you see you know there's maybe some leakage here and there that you didn't on broadcast mm-hmm. but hey it didn't look like a disaster did it just you know no. going off vibes so
0: leakage leakage prevented which is always good and right. uh Abraham Lucas more pancakes i cannot wait i'll have to do a video on him cuz you know he I firstly was very rude about him pre-draft because we hadn't seen him do stuff like that. And he's proved me completely wrong. I'm an idiot. And uh, yeah, pancaking do, left right and center, but also pass pro solid. Charles Cross, probably, I mean, everyone will focus on the sack, which wasn't really on him. They're protecting for quick game. The ball didn't come out. Gino kind of ran into it. Like if he's, you know, and and the rest of the offensive line had a few things going on there, which prevented Gino from being able to step up and, you know, work across his block like that. But Cross had a great game, super aware. And uh, then, yeah, the interior looks so solid. So, yeah, exciting times for the offensive line, I think. And, you know, all of these projections saying, oh, it's rubbish, and look at these two rookie offensive tackles. Well, yeah, it will be interesting, I would say. they'll They'll have some, you know, moments of naivety and perhaps, you know, inexperience showing, but also... Their ceilings are ridiculous. They're both athletically talented, and they, you know, they both can play football, it looks like. so.
1: Yeah, they're, they're freaks. They have two freaks. Now, what's especially cool about Lucas is that the guy that he's competing with is also looked pretty darn good, and he doesn't just look good in preseason. He has about six games worth of solid starter tape, so that's even more this that lends even more significance or suggests more significance to how well lucas has played because it seems like he's the starter now he won the job and the team is probably pretty firm on what they think about curhan right so they're they're like giving the nod to lucas knowing exactly who Kerhen is so that's another sign of hey lucas is good
0: yeah i know they like to uh i know they like to get reps for curhan like um uh, right tackle but also i think the fact and they like sorry they like to get reps for people in each spot on the offensive line but the fact that curhan's like was getting so many right guard snaps that you know they're really trying to find a spot for him because they like him right like yeah
1: so yeah and they're with with gabe jackson's recent injury history not that way you need to do it yeah might might slide in there um at some point obviously Haynes would probably be the first man up, if not outright winning the competition when Lewis comes back, right? Mm. But who knows? There. Very
2: excited to watch the uh, the offensive line because also Austin Blythe has looked really good mm. so far. So, one
0: yeah. well, one thing I would say actually is the the run blocking only went for three point nine yards per carry. So I'm interested in why that was because they have been more dominant in other weeks, but I imagine you know the first string of offensive line has been playing a bit later into games in the past two uh, preseason outings so that's probably what it is
2: all right so got jackson here jackson's a regular over at my uh nice. my uh live stream at uh control the zone uh can we talk about how crap our receivers are catching the freaking ball can we talked hmm. a little bit about this but yes, let's let's talk about it. There there were a couple more drops today.
1: So what yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how bad it is, but let's frame this with some positivity. All the drops are coming from receivers that are anywhere between like the five and ninth best receivers on the roster. Mm-hmm. The top four receivers have barely been thrown to when they have, they have caught the ball. You know, that's that's the, the like the top four are Lockett, Metcalf, however you want to order them. Goodwin eskerch So there's your top four, right? So um, now it is really disappointing that Swain has just, I don't know what's going on because I still thought he was a guy that you can do something like he was productive actually with Smith in a, one of those games. And he, he didn't really have a drops issue last year. So where is this regression coming from? Are they maybe putting him in context where he isn't meant to be like, do you need to throttle his, his scope of responsibilities down? So, he can just kind of do what he's better at I don't know but yeah Derek Young what do we just chalk that up to him being super
0: well you know, the other positive and... really is that the the catches today were tough
1: that's yeah that's fair
0: like not not through like poor quarterbacking batting court just tough spots yeah the tough spots like you, you know you'd want your receiver to catch it but it's not like an outright like oof so like i said you know previously i do think it's probably an exposure thing where you just need to get used to catching in traffic in in the moment you know and ultimately that that can only improve
1: yeah disley had a drop though i didn't see it it was like a long throw to the flat right
0: yeah i mean it was gonna go for one yard right
2: yeah like he had a guy beaten right on him so it was it wasn't happening anyway he he kind of turned his head I think he just kind of took his eyes off the ball there, just kind of turned his head to look at the defender and just went out of his hand. But it wasn't going to do anything anyway. Um, All right. So, yeah, I think, you know, that's a great point that you made, though, Griff, about the... um, I mean, let's talk about the actual quality of receiver here before getting too excited about it. I mean, this isn't DK Metcalf. This isn't Tyler Lockett. This isn't D Eskridge. D. by the way, had a uh, decent game. He had a nice catch on the back of the end zone. Too bad that he wasn't able to get both First, feet down. Yeah. But, but
1: so, that was so nice. He, I mean, I've said this before. I think just pure hands. Like, if you did, like, a competition in shorts and stuff, I think Eskridge has mm. the best pure hands on the mm. team. Um, he can pluck things. He just has an incredibly small radius. So... Um, that's, that's one thing, like you can gun, you can gun a slant to him in a tight window and it doesn't even have to be like perfectly on target and he'll just, he'll just like, you know, suck it up, like wherever it is, like a magnetized to it. That's one thing he legit has going for him and he's going to, he's going to find himself in context where even if he's not making a difference downfield, like he's just a receiver in the progression running like a, an under route or something, he's going to get the ball. He's gonna catch it, and then like, well, at least you know we know he's good for run at, run after the catch. So he's gonna he's gonna have impact at least there. But Maddie, like you tweeted, it's gonna probably lean toward the gadgety stuff. Um, but if you're gonna be a gadget player, hey, have good hands at least. So,
2: mm. yeah. all right, let's. Uh, Amy Holmes asks, uh, are you all actually looking forward to these upcoming games? <laughs> I have to say I'm not feeling very interested. So, so how are we feeling after three preseason games? Uh, how are we feeling? Like, have, have our feelings changed coming out of the preseason as to where they were heading
0: into the preseason at all? I don't know because I, I, I think Gino is probably. We talked about this uh, in, in the last podcast episode, but Gino is probably slightly better than I thought he would be, but also he's... I still question his ability to finish and like... in Yeah. Well, so, well, there's only one way to find out, but also, the defense, like, uh, you know, we haven't seen it. Like, it's the preseason, it's preseason scheme. Uh, yeah, preseason scheme for defense is pretty useful because there's sort of, like, a base that you can't not run in the preseason unless you're doing something crazy. Uh, You know, there's routes that are visible. Um, But the defense really just sums up how important safeties are in this. Like, the defense has played well when the safeties have played well, and the defense has struggled when the safeties have been questionable or missing tackles. And having Diggs and Adams in the game rather than, you know, a struggling Marquise Blair (laughs) or the lower strings that that matters linebacker. same thing for the inside linebackers not having brooks in there and the, the questionable depth there so in terms of actual real football i am i am looking forward to it because i think the defense is going to be really good i'm pretty bullish on that i know griffin is too and then offensive wise i think you know gino can manage a game uh he he's shown that he can process well he's shown he knows where to go with the football He hasn't made mistakes. He shouldn't turn the ball over too often. It's just about not getting him in too many pure drop-back situations for me. You have to just kind of stick with the kind of running the ball and under centre run action stuff uh, as much as possible. And I think, you know, with the offensive line, which you spoke about, with the running backs and the run game, I do think Seattle should be in a good position to, to do that. Now... I mean, we'll find out. But I, I'm—I mean, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. But I—I'm looking forward to seeing that play out. i i, I am optimistic.
1: Yeah, um, I totally get not being excited for for this season. Like I—I I t- I totally get it. Um, but so yeah, t- first on defense, I am legitimately excited to see them because even if they play really well this year and the Seahawks are still bad, that matters a lot for the big picture still, because this is still kind of, you know, a a reset in some ways. So it matters for 2023. Um, As for their chances this year, if, if, you know, winning football games is like any sport, a simple, like plus minus thing, are you, are you scoring more points than you're giving up? Then it comes down to me like, well, How good can the defense be? Can they crack top 10? Um, They were the efficiency metrics are the big, the overall the efficiency metrics were not kind to them last year. They were like below average, like right in there below average, but then opponent points per drive in the regular season only, they were tied for 10th with the Arizona Cardinals. Now you can unpack that as we have, but point being is they're really not that far away from cracking the top 10 in both points and efficiency. Um, now if you have a top 10 deep, let's say just for a sake of discussion, so you have the eighth best defense and you're, you are giving up, you know, the eighth fewest points in the league. If you have a, if you have a bottom five offense, probably doesn't matter if you have the 20 to 25th offense, best offense, you know, maybe closer to 20. Now, all of a sudden you might be like one of those, you know, media, just like just under 500 teams. If you start approaching an average offense, if you if you are, you know, clustered in there at the median, then all of a sudden, you know, you got a ball game here. So I don't think that is the most likely scenario, but I think that it's plausible. I I think the most likely scenario is that they're right around 20, 21, 22 best offense. Now, that's decidedly below average. You can even call that bad. That probably is bad, but that's not a disaster team. I think that's their baseline. They have a lot of pass catching talent. Like it's not just the top two receivers. Noah Fant, even though people aren't super high on him right now, he's still a talent. He's still can be a target sponge. He's a difference maker at tight end. If the offensive line blocks the way it has in preseason and the regular season, or even like eighty percent of that, the offense even with Geno, it it's it at that point falls on Shane Waldron's shoulders. If they can't be like, you know, just on the other side of top 20, I think. Um, Now, maybe Gino just falls apart and regresses, and then it's just they have a quarterback problem. There's nothing you can do about that. But if we can only translate what we're seeing and projecting it forward, I don't think something around 18th, 19th best offense, 20th best offense is totally out of the question. So at that point, I think you can get excited because that means that's a team that can hang in there with just about any team except for the absolute contenders and then at least for a viewing perspective on a weekly basis it can still be very entertaining and stuff so that's where i frame my excitement um
2: so i think gino in a way adds some floor to this team i don't think that it's going to be a disaster this is not the dan orlovsky lions we're talking about here there's still a lot of talent on this team this is how i felt going into the preseason this is how i feel now coming out of it feel the exact same that you know this is not going to be a 2 and 15 team. I just I don't think that's happening. Um really, you know, anyway cuz I think they're going to be able to run the ball efficiently. Then they're going to be able to pass a little bit. I think we've seen that from from Gino that there there are going to be at least flashes. I think we can count on at least flashes out of Gino in this offense. Um and so with that like you know I think it's going to be at the very least, I think the floor for this team is like five or six wins, and you know anything other than that is kind of a bonus. But I'm not really focused on overall team success. I mean, I would love to see them, you know, win a bunch of games this year, you know, and, and get in the mix there for the for the wild card or, or what have you. But I, I'm more so, you know, focused on the individual performances, development. You know, the the guys that need to take that next step. So when you get into 2023, when things are going to get more real again. And, uh, you know, this team probably looks for a a different quarterback potentially or or whatever they need to to finish this thing off. Um, You know, I just kind of want to see, you know, how that all comes about. I want to see, you know, guys like, Daryl Taylor and Boye Mafé, you know, take the next step. I want to see Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant take the next step. I want to, you know, see maybe if Cody Barton is actually something that can be here long term. Like that's what I'm really going to be focused on this year. I'm really excited to see how all that stuff plays out, but I also get it from a, you know, from a, a fan's perspective, from a Seahawks fan's perspective, they just traded, you know, the face of the franchise, right. And whether we yeah. agree or, or not with how that all went down, you know, that's, pretty depressing right like it's pretty gutting like for for i mean even for me like kind of being over the the rust situation kind of glad that it was over and done with you know excited to see where pete and john take this thing from there you know seeing that first preseason game in seattle and russell wilson isn't a member of the seahawks that's weird that's really weird weird. you know yeah so Yeah. yeah i get that i i totally get that i totally get if people are just you know not at all interested um But I do think that there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of stuff to be excited about, to be intrigued by this year. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking forward to going along for the ride.
0: Yeah. So, really quick, if we just think about the defense from this game, and I guess the takeaways are, you know, again, sort of, my optimism for the season in that not many of the actual real de- defense played especially in this game they have really scaled it back and notably uh josh jones was absent and to me that kind of signifies that he's wrapped up the third safety job and we expect him to play uh quite a bit more uh, three safety packages be it dime or even like a big nickel kind of look uh, he's beat out Ryan Neal for that, capitalized on him being injured and, and you know, beat out Blair. Marquis Blair's spot on the roster is probably in danger because, as we've said, he didn't fit at nickel, especially in the new defense, and he's looked patchy at safety along with his tackling issues. So, you know, you can only carry so many DBs. And if you sort of go through the list and guys like Mike Jackson, who had a great game for three passes defense you know you start thinking is there room for blair uh that'd be tough but it's last year of his contract and yeah anyway what any guys stand out to you on defense
2: i mean miles adams dominated yeah. this game like yeah that first I quarter mean, was stunning like miles adams like took a roster spot and then some with that yeah, i thought he's,
1: He, I don't, I mean, we kind of, I don't want to get too excited, but like, if we are to believe what we are seeing, this guy is going to be a legit impact player. Um, And he showed flashes last preseason. He showed flashes when he got those reps against the Rams. And I think one other game, explosive, skilled, you know, quick, you know, strength. You think like Nico
0: interior rush kind of dude, like like a sub package three tech you think or yeah, do you think early yeah. downs as
1: well at, at least for now you don't need to cycle him in and out because Woods and Puna and Mona are going to be and Shelby are going to be eating up so hundreds and hundreds of snaps you don't like right now he's like I mean he, he's already he's already going to be the second guy in those contexts you just mentioned behind Shelby Harris because Shelby Harris is the best interior pass rusher on the team but he might be pushing quentin jefferson for snaps and i don't i haven't disliked what we've seen from jefferson you know but um that adam's
0: uh robinson on the text game where that you know Adams just adam's running games in general where it just shows how quick he is 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 very cool yeah and he had half a sack tonight two quarterback hits and five tackles so when, was, when, was Alton
2: okay by the way i i, I was kind of like half watching around
0: that time he banged his knee on the turf and pete said they need to get it checked out so okay. yeah. uh, That's for, unfortunate. From,
1: from from dr Carroll's son you got a knee bang that could mean anything mm-hmm. he may not have a knee at the moment um so he, but, he but banged we, his knee pretty good yeah bang it pretty good he, Pete looked at the X-rays. um So one one thing that we have to, that will be huge for this season, is it will be spiritual when we get all three of the undrafted free agents out there in bear or three four at the same time between Mona at nose and Puna and and Adams at three technique or four I whatever. Indeed. And that and that to, will be a good front. That will be a good interior too. so That's nasty. Yeah. And
0: yeah. to that point, Griff, you're saying basically that. Uh, he's beat out collier who hasn't played this preseason with an elbow injury uh clint hurt was kind of ominous talking about collier earlier this week saying you know uh if you're in the the tub it's hard to make the club which that's a good quote i hope they
1: ir him just so he can keep keep his paycheck
0: i think that's what they're i mean it makes sense to right because then if suddenly you get a dearth of uh you know, you get massive injuries uh, up front, like hopefully not, but, you know, it's NFL, it's football, then at least you've got a guy (laughs) who you know and, yeah. But last year of his contract too, so so that's tough for Collier. But uh, Adams has beat him out. And the thing I'm really interested about is cornerback, like perimeter cornerback. So, like, what is going on there? (laughs) Because... Sidney Jones is still in concussion protocol. He Pete said he'll be back in two weeks' time, but like he was the theorized left cornerback. Then Pete says that uh, Tariq Woolen is going to play a lot of football at right corner. But then Mike Jackson's had the best camp of uh, had the best camp of anyone and had uh, three passes defense today, quite a few tackles. Like I don't like and, I like, don't know who's starting. Kobe. Is this is like the it. complete
2: opposite from last year. Right, by the way, like right now, they have That's too right. many corners, yeah. Yeah,
0: last year they didn't even have corners at this point, they had to they, go and, like go scalping people,
1: and, and they've like Kobe. I still think he factors it outside long term, but like he's like what just a nickel for 2022's sake, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's not in this so, discussion, I don't think he's
1: not even in the perimeter corner discussion anymore. Um, and
0: Trey Brown hopefully can still get back. Um, that looks right. a bit, um Unfortunate, but hopefully. right
1: Yeah, that really sucks for him. Um, yeah, man. What are they who who are are we just assuming Sid will be fine? Because it's still sixteen days, right? Do we but, assume
0: and then is Tariq yeah. on the other side?
1: Or is it Artie?
0: Oh, yeah, that's the guy I forgot to mention. So he, that was okay. weird as well, because Mike Jackson, tellingly, in my opinion, got the snaps over Artie at left corner. Mm-hmm. Then Artie Burns comes in for drive three. And did you see if he got injured? Because he then left very, like, after that, I think he had one series in, left. And then nothing has been said about him being injured and Carroll didn't mention it. But then where was he? Uh, And then Mike Jackson plays all the way to the end and just balls out the whole time in a variety of techniques. But, yeah, I guess, I mean, it doesn't suit Seattle to tell Russell Wilson and company who is the starting two. True. If I had to guess True. it'd be Sidney Jones and Tariq Woolen. But that's so harsh on Mike Jackson, especially after today. Uh, especially after what Carol said about him and his playmaking. Yeah. But the certainty is, as I said earlier, he, he will make the roster. So good yeah. for him. Yeah.
1: And I have to admit, I was not thinking Mike Jackson was factoring into this corner situation like this. That being thought, said, you know, we, we him. said we said, last,
0: we said last we said last week uh not last week a few episodes ago you said griff how he impressed that uh, last season when he came in and he did yeah
1: but i i but i mean like headed into my brain was thinking you know sydney jones and trey brown and then it was clear trey brown wasn't coming back so it was okay sydney and Artie, and then kobe and Tariq are promising but just let them be depth like the way byron maxwell was and eventually became a starter you know just build them up but now they might be pressed into action way sooner than we thought and still have the vets you know but they can still factor and now mike jackson's here and he's like hey i'm, I'm here too so i don't know we'll, we'll see it play out um i guess what we haven't really determined is who is the the starting nickel between coleman and kobe and i didn't really gauge from this game i need to go back and watch them closely as i know you will too you guys will but <clears throat>
0: Yeah, need the tape, but also I think Coleman probably until he loses it, I don't think Kobe's been able to show enough, not through his own fault, but like, just not quite, but yeah. close, very close. And yeah. sort of the thing where if Coleman's getting roasted, you just, you know, you go, hey, take a take a breather, let's, let's get Kobe in there. Like, you could definitely rely on Kobe to get, you know, snaps. So yeah, that's sure. a cool situation to be in. And they're kind of similar body types in the sense that like if there's a guy who's six of three in the slot you will just play big nickel but uh you know so you can't really play matchups in that sense but still
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: yeah chicken god in the chat said uh coleman could be a surprise cut and i i mean i i said that at the start because of I mean, one, the physical decline at nickels so high, like covering two way goes in the slot is very difficult, uh, especially when you're sl- starting to get older in NFL terms. But uh, yeah, he could be cut. I don't know. I, yeah, I do that's, think that's there really... will be a surprise cut or two. And I guess unless you guys have got anything else, we will be back after the cutdowns and practice squad signings. Uh, which is on Tuesday and Wednesday, so we'll we can record Wednesday, perhaps or Thursday. But
1: do you guys, do you guys want to ha- have one wild surprise cut prediction?
0: Mm. Mm. And it can't be Coleman because Chicken God has that.
1: Yeah, mm. that's Chicken Gods. We got to be original.
0: Mm. we think?
2: Would Marquis Blair be a surprise at this point? No. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I mean. It's
1: still kind of bold though for them to do that. It would make sense, but still bold, right? Mm. Um, because Neil's still mm. hurt.
2: What if they cut Drew? <sighs>
1: they I, weren't. I could I could I mean I could see that.
2: Okay, not, but not what if what if Jimmy, what if Jimmy Garoppolo gets released?
0: Uh, uh. that's awkward. I think. There's a time That's and a place crazy. for that. I don't think you do that because it immediately undermines Gino, and you've just given him the job. But like, if it's like f- four weeks in, but then and, I don't know what the timeline is for when San Francisco actually has to make a decision there. I, I saw also, a re- I saw a report, and yeah. I don't
2: know how true it is, but I saw a report today that says that they're planning on cutting him on Tuesday.
0: Interesting. okay
2: and they expect him and apparently there's people in the 49ers building that it,
1: uh, that expect him to immediately sign with seattle
0: great so, this is all worthless then what are we doing here
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i i just feel like jimmy is such oil and water with what seattle's trying to do yeah let's not
0: yeah the only the I only i mean it like lines this.
1: up because you know shanahan Waldron, and mcvay sure. but like yeah DK metcalf i mean if people think gino won't push the ball downfield which he will jimmy definitely won't so it just doesn't make any sense to me um
0: Ooh, camden she had a great shout gabe jackson mm. there you go cut.
1: there you go because I, maybe
0: a trade he didn't play tonight didn't suit up yeah mm, what's going on there
1: yeah um you know he's got that they owe him all that money they they don't save any money till next year so but that would that would you know further make him a surprise Freddie Swain is a good one. Is I don't
0: I need to watch special teams. I'm not sick enough to well, have done all right.
1: that. So we, we we all need to we all need to put our draw a line in the sand. Who do we think our surprise cut will be? I'm gonna well, go. You haven't given one. Oh, okay. All right. I was... <laughs> I'm going to go as I try to think of all the people on the team really quick. Uh, I'm gonna go Marquise Goodwin. I don't think that will happen. I just that's my pick if I have to choose a surprise. He's,
0: he seems so, you know. Um, I mean, he can't really help being healthy or not, but he seems so assured of his place. You know, like it would be a real surprise. Yeah, I don't. But want you can also to. see it because we haven't seen him play. So and they like... have a
1: weird numbers game at receiver right now, and like like a, like a log tight. jam of disappointing receivers, but that they still have hope for. And
2: let's be real, there's been other veterans that they've signed in the past that seem like they maybe had a role here and then they don't play in the preseason or they barely play in the preseason and then they're just
1: they're out of here so yeah. i don't I don't yeah. know you know I, th- I thought bj Finney was a lock of locks but then he was traded for it right. you know
0: Artie burns could be a surprise cut as well yeah. They wanted, yeah you know you wouldn't expect him when they signed him to be cut, but with they might just like their young guys give him a shot elsewhere i don't know yeah because yeah, you don't also know like a, a player might be like hey could you please release me because i'm not a starter now and i want to i think i can start elsewhere mm-hmm. yeah the surprise cuts kind of already happened in the iggy got cut even though and, that wasn't a surprise based off his tape but
1: and, and ugo technically
0: yeah yeah they're good yeah. at uh they cut their losses pretty quick Early, anyway yeah. we'll we'll find right. out in the next seattle overload Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the live episode. I think this has gone quite well. Perhaps we can uh, do it a bit more often. And uh, please subscribe to my YouTube, which this has been broadcast on. Follow everyone on Twitter, not just me. It's being broadcast on my Twitter. And if you're uh, listening to this after the fact on Spotify or Spreaker or Apple Podcasts or other podcast mediums, five-star review, all that nice stuff. Bro, it's um,
1: top of the 11th still, 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, the, <laughs>
2: the, the Mariners had a runner on third one out, and Ty France struck out on three pitches. Yikes.
0: And you'll yeah. know what happened in the Mariners game if you're listening mm,
2: after, right? That's true. That's true, you will. And like the next like four other Mariners games that are going to be played between now and the next Seattle Overload. Goodbye, folks. We love you. Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye.